Hale Varsity Radio every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio. You're listening to Hurt at Sports Radio. Here is Husker 24-7 senior writer, Brian Christofferson. Yeah, it'll, it'll be a little bit of a circus act. Brian Christofferson. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty interesting. Brian Christofferson. <laughs> I, I kind of enjoy that. Here is Brian Christofferson. Kicking off hour number two here on Hurt at Sports Radio, AM 590 ESPN Omaha, ESPN Tri-Cities. We're live on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube where the uh, commenters really enjoy DB's uh, cross-examination of Michigan Lance there. Uh, Like, (laughs) I don't know, man. I I don't like to be combative until I have to. I'm I'm one of two ways. Yeah. I'm either going to concede and tell you I was wrong or I'm going to try to bury you. There's really no middle ground. (laughs) Because right? I'll know, like, I'm not going to argue if I'm wrong. I'm like, yeah. hey, man, you know, good point. Because I'll, I'll try to hear, but, man. Sometimes there's not, there's uh there's I've nothing. hung up on family before, but I just, <laughs> I just didn't have the stones to cut him off. Joining us now on the War Horse Sportsbook Hotline is Brian Christofferson from Husker 24-7. BC, how are you this morning? Doing pretty good. How are you guys? BC, we're good. We're having we, fun. We're, we're yeah. <laughs> so if if there's like a however long we've been back together, three weeks or two weeks or two and a half weeks, it has been very it's very spirited radio. Like that's that's good. what I would that I would a couple of your your colleagues. Well, one we're gonna get back here soon. He just texts. He doesn't do anything on air because he's busy being a good dad. But your other partner in crime, Bruncey, he usually comes in, lights a match. Let's it burn for a little bit, and then he leaves. So, <laughs> Brunts, Brunts does. Oh yeah, the most mild-mannered guy I know. He that's is, how he gets you. He, he comes in. So he seems closet cutthroat. He I seems love mild-mannered, it. but then he just throws a, a Molotov cocktail in the radio show he, and walks away. He's like a ninja. It's <laughs> well, like you, to, you're all unalived, and you're like, "What happened? <laughs> I didn't hear a thing. I didn't see it coming." <laughs> it had something to do with Bo Jackson, didn't yeah. it, last week? Oh, oh yeah. I mean, he's he's just he's usually on a roll. He's Bruncey is. is I think he's just projecting some anger because his baseball team is going to cease to exist in about three months. But that's fine. No, contractually they get to play for another year. (laughs) That's what they tell us. That's what they tell us. Uh, BC. Speaking of uh, people's favorite teams, we were having a conversation about Kirk Cousins yesterday. How how do you feel about Kirk Cousins? Oh yeah, he. I didn't know about BC. Um, I'm a big Cousins guy. I I've been a Cousins guy for like two or three years when he was taking crap because uh, of the Monday night stats and everything about primetime performances. Uh, Cause I, I always thought he was like top 10 or 12 um, in the league. And I was okay with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually thought before the injury, if people were really paying attention, he was like top six or so in the league, like at that moment, like in the, those few weeks before the injury. And so it was a shame that happened because he was a, he was going to have the best season of his career. Now, can he pick up where he left off? I'm not sure. Um, 
I get the argument uh, in the team, like the Viking situations, like, well, are you, are you fine with just always hanging around, like kind of being in the playoffs, but you can never get to the top. And, um, I understand where that annoys people. I honestly do like following a franchise that's pretty good most of the fall and gives me something to enjoy on most Sundays. And even if there is pain at the end and the Vikings tend to give that to me. And uh, I, I think Kirk Cousins could get them um, higher um, if they, if they surrounded them with a few better parts on defense actually, but that's my thought. BC, when you're taking a look, I just I'll, so I'm gonna ping pong with you just because I know you're talented. Um, I want to start with football, yeah, and and this weekend being at basketball and kind of that presence. I, we, you and I have talked before about how you don't think things happen by chance, and 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 Coach Rule is is, is pretty calculated. But I want to get into how cool it is to see the the sports cross promote. And overlap. If a rising tide truly lifts all boats, where do you see kind of the evolution of this this athletic department and its overseer with its coaches as they as they try to dial in on this momentum that these sports are seemingly collecting? Yeah, I think you're hitting on an important subject. I think the coaches over there, I sense, are more tied in together than they've been in a very long time. Um, and I do think rule has a big part to do with it. I think the way that he, um, embraces all the other sports, embraces all the other coaches makes a big point about, um, when he's like doing a press conference and something's happening with this particular sport or that one, he he'll always bring it up first. And then, you know, they put their money where their mouth is. They show up like the, the players and him, and they're just there all the time and they're supportive. And so like a thing, like, the dunk contest over the weekend, like if you just popped in in the middle of like a March Madness run and didn't have a presence prior to that, I, I could actually see where that could be off-putting in a way. Mm-hmm. But it's not that way because they're so well-connected and everybody knows how much they've been supporting them along the way that it just feels natural. And it was just kind of like playing off each other and uh, worked really well, I thought. And it got people to uh, understand why there's hype about Jeremiah Charles. So it's interesting. I, um, Trev was up at the – he was in Omaha the other day, and uh, we had to take care of a couple of things. And we kind of got on this sidebar conversation, BC. I thought it was interesting. He said, you know, he was talking to our athletic director, and they were exchanging big, big people ideas. And some of the words I didn't understand because there's a lot of <laughs> syllables. But – he said, you know, people talk about what I do daily and, and, and kind of uh, my role with these coaches. And he gave an analogy. I'm curious to get your thoughts. He said, you know, I'd like to just build a moat. He said, once you hire good people and you feel like you have smart people in place, regardless of sport, I want to spend a lot of my time building a moat around my employees and my coaching staff so they are free to do their job. So the state of Nebraska can see that we have some really good people in place. I'm building that moat so Mm -hmm. those guys can do their job. Like, I didn't sleep all night. I'm like, I love the analogy because I need pictures because I'm not very smart. But can you see that happening behind the scenes that's freed these coaches to just be able to go out and work knowing that your athletic department has a common vision? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I just think there's a trust factor um, in, in Trev. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't think it. I wouldn't just say it to say it. Um, I, I, I just believe the coaches see someone who has their best interests at heart, is going to surround them with, uh, you know, as many resources as possible to succeed. Um, and it's going to get, you know, he, he can't lead them to the finish line, but here, here's the path and he's going to give them the best possible path to uh, do it from his job as an athletic director. And, and there's a faith there that I think is built up. I think it, you can see it between Trev and, and, and Matt Rule, the way they talk about each other and, um, you know, express ideas about how each other does their their job. Um, and then I, I do think the piece of the coaches actually having that link together, even though they're in different sports and face different challenges within those sports, there is a commonality of this, of that, the stress and the um, hurdles of that job that are very similar, um, no matter, you know, if it's bowling or football or whatever that, that you can, you can find a common ground on and it, it helps to have an ear to listen to or to, to bend an idea by. And I think nobody on that staff right now, it seems like is afraid to go to the other and have those conversations from all the stuff we've been hearing. So um, I, I do think they're in a pretty healthy spot with just like how their their coaches correspond and kind of the connection within the to the athletic director and, and all those things. So um, that's a positive because how long, you know, there's many years where we talked about, especially with Husker football, can they get the the coach and the AD and the, you know, the brat, the university brass on the same page. It feels like it hasn't been that way in a long time. And there was hope that it was kind of going to be that way with, with frost and moose and everything. And it, it, it felt off. Um, and, and now it does feel real that that that's something that's working. And so you hope the, the other parts around it work. We're talking with Brian Christopherson from Husker 24 seven, you know, BC, you kind of got my, my wheels turning a little bit between you and DB with, talking about Trev there, and am I reading too much into it in what Trev tries to do for his coaches to look at it and say, okay, when Trev came around, that's when Fred Hoiberg and Nebraska basketball started getting better as well. And let's not act like he didn't have tough conversations. Like, yeah, that was a very critical moment, right, BC? We focus a lot on Coach Rule and football and and, and that part of it, obviously, but it's there's it seems like there's a pretty at least coincidental relationship between Nebraska basketball turning around and Trev Albert showing up as well. Yeah, I think there's something to that. Now, I, I understand, you know, Fred is a sharp enough guy to see that it just wasn't working the sure. direction they were taking and is going to switch past. But I mean, it helps to have a sounding board and someone with good ideas like like Trev giving his input on that, too. And when you listen to him talk now, they kind of parrot each other. Um, when, when they, they, they speak of like having this t- type of team that like just as appeals to the state, you know, and like has a certain work ethic and, you know, a, a certain hustle mentality that shows up on the floor that just people will get behind, even if you come up short on, on certain days. Like if you have that type of team where people feel like, man, they're going all after it and that's, they work together well, I will support them. And, there was three or four years ago, you know, two or three years ago with basketball where that just wasn't the case. It wasn't just the the record. It was just tough basketball to watch. It was just, it, you know, they had some good individuals, but the pieces of the puzzle didn't fit together well and give Fred a lot of credit. He made some tough staff decisions, um, you know, shifted a big assistant yeah. coaching piece around. Um, I think, you know, he, his 
his assistants now you talk about chemistry i think they've found that like on that whole bench with like what everybody's role is and like coach lenzer adam howard ernie ziegler all those guys have their part and um i think know it well and um that's why you're seeing the team do as well too like you know it, it starts from the top down and and you're seeing uh a real formula of like how to work together and um, how to play off each other's best traits. I think both within the coaching staff and on the roster. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to profess like that. I'm, you know, we're going to grab dinner and, and hanging out and stuff, but I, I think my discernment is okay when it comes to like gauging the, the, the character. It's interesting how I'm kind of seeing this shift with the department and kind of their philosophy like being a good person i get it it's relative to the user of the term right but like quality like you talk about coach like nate and 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 coach hoiberg and and coach howard or or um coach rule um divorce like coach white you just think good people Right. How important do you think it is at at this juncture, at this level in power five sports, power six, if you're basketball, that modeled behavior is still a thing, BC? Oh, I think it's always huge. Um, You know, especially we sure do undersell it, though, don't we just win or, you know? Yeah, maybe. But I mean, in this day and age where uh, it's never been easier um, and everyone around kids is going a different direction or saying, okay, I was here a year or two. It's not quite working out. I'm going to go over here. Um, when you have a belief in the coach, he's going to give it to me straight. Um, and I trust him because I, I believe in like his values and he's got an honesty and straightforwardness to him that, um, you know, that I can appreciate I think that is that really helps in these turbulent times where there's so much movement with guys when you have to have those deep conversations because they know that the coach has their best interest at heart, and um, that 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 just carries such a long way. So I, I think it's huge in this 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 era. I, I don't think that'll ever leave honestly. And if we do undersell it, that that's a bad idea because I I, I think um, you know Nebraska puts out those football videos that people like um you know the shows the little movies and um i think the thing that they really like to come across there because they believe in it and they don't see it as a sales job but just the truth is that there's a family over there and you can be a part of this family and this is what family looks like inside our walls and here's a little taste of that um and you can't you can't put that on camera probably represent or you could i guess but it would be you know people would quickly find out you're you're just selling them a bill of goods uh once they get here a few months if you aren't really walking the walk as far as being a good person as a coach and just like being honest and all that stuff so i think it's a huge deal we're talking with brian christopherson from husker 24 7 you know i i sometimes get a i bristle up a little bit when some when people use the term family in some of these situations because i i think there's two times people use that uh use that term it's a when they're trying to justify toxic behavior but being like hey but we're a family we can't you know we got to stick together or sometimes it's a positive and they're doing it in a hey we have to have each other's back we have to be there for each other we have to sacrifice for each other right and Mm -hmm. i how 
have we been able to see that it was the latter, not the former, within the Nebraska football program? Well, you got to prove it every day, but I, I think some of that is, um, if you want like evidence points, like even some of the guys who returned are an example of like believing in in what they saw the first year. You know, like there mm-hmm. there was plenty of guys who could have went elsewhere. Um, and we would be talking about, we will be taught, would have been talking about Nebraska's roster completely different if like Bryce Benhart or Ty Robinson or um, a Gifford or whomever decides, uh, yeah, I saw this act up close for a year and it does not appeal to me. It's, uh, it's one thing in front of the cameras. It's another behind closed doors, all that sort of stuff. Obviously they liked what they saw, thought they were getting better as players and, and maybe people, um, through that first year and so I think just some of the guys who came back is is one example um and I try to have my antennae up you know when I'm over there listening to interviews and I realize people aren't going to say the worst stuff about anybody in front of the cameras and all that Uh, but you can sometimes tell when there's a genuine like feeling I think of like this is really tracking in a, a positive direction if we keep with it and sometimes when something is being said just to be said and there were past years when I think there was probably stuff where you could tell it was just being said with the cameras on because that's what had to be said, and I understand that by a player or something. I felt differently last year in a lot of those interviews. I really did. Just There, there was a belief factor of like, okay, it was hard at first. I didn't know exactly maybe why we were doing this or that, but I'm seeing the benefits of it now. And you could kind of pick up on that. Um, you know, just uh, uh, being a, a real thing. So uh, we'll we'll see, though. I mean, you got to got to keep it going. And you know, we're we're only one year into it, and everybody likes to talk good about what can be. So they still got to go do it. But I do I do think uh, he's been very successful, Coach Rule and his staff at building cultures uh, in a positive way. And they've dealt in very difficult frameworks too. It, it, when they were at Temple um, in the Philadelphia area, there was a lot of kids with really tough backgrounds and stuff they had to deal with and sometimes they'd have to send somebody home and he'd be off the team for a while and there were guys who came back and you know they ended up getting into the league and stuff and they worked it out and so there was tough love along the way but I think it goes back to Damon's question of if you have that trust with players and build it up over time um, even if there's a tough week or month or whatever there's a realization this guy really wants the best for me and I'm going to see it through and just see what happens with it. Yeah, it's crazy. I was going to, just going to ask you something else, but I want to stay with that for a second if I could back-to-back this. The prime example, of, a perfect example of what you just said, BC, is a guy like Tommy Hill, right? You know, I, obviously I'll go watch practice and I'll see interactions, and everybody saw the viral deal of the early suspension of Tommy Hill, and then Coach Rule takes the picture, and he's like, hey, who's the new guy? You, you remember that, like when he was mm. stretching at practice? And, and all of a sudden, over t- Tommy Hill starts to flourish, right? He, he, he's he's, he's, he's kind of buying in. And, and I'm thinking to myself, Coach Rule said something, and I'll never forget this. He said, you know, I try to tell these guys, I want to operate in such a way that they trust me. So when we talk about my credentials, there's proof of there's proof of concept. I've been here. I've done that. I've done rebuilds. I've been at the professional level. He said, and so sometimes I'll say to these guys, DB, he's, why fight with me? I'm for you. 
Why not just do what we ask? Because I have your best interests at heart. Like, what are we doing here? Like, why would you want to argue with me? And it, it, it's so disarming and so powerful. I'm like, could I have even handled that at 18, 19, 20? Like, you, you, you mean you're for me, so just do what, I, just do what you tell me because it's going to turn out well, right? Like, that's very, very important to, to him. And it worked with a guy like Tommy Hill. Yeah, I mean, it sure did. I remember, um, I think I've talked about it on, with you guys, when the first practice or whatever of last spring when Rule announced like a few guys that weren't there and Tommy was one of them, we were so used to it being a certain way um, with like how coaches handle stuff. It's sort of like, oh, he's, he's well, he's gone then, I guess. You know, like you kind of jump to that conclusion because mm-hmm. around here it's been like, okay, he's not here today. He's probably not going to be here tomorrow. Um, <laughs> I remember that guys would just like disappear. Yeah. Nobody would say anything. Like, oh, they're gone, I guess. I guess they don't play yeah. football here anymore. <laughs> yeah, you didn't. You, I don't think we've seen a lot. But seriously, we haven't seen a lot of those like stories of guys who like, um, you know, okay, he wasn't at practice uh, this day, and then like two months later, he's like rising up the depth chart. That just hasn't been something. It sort of felt like when, when you got to that point, that was the end of the story. If a coach said, "Yeah, he's he's not around right now. We'll see what happens," that that usually marked the end of that chapter. And so you you had to learn the last year. Um, it doesn't mark the end. Like it doesn't mark the uh, the story on. I don't know what's going to happen with like Micah Mazuka, and I hate to like single name out, but everybody heard him get brought up in the press conference the other day that he's got work to do. It's out there. Mm-hmm. It's not. It's, um, it's about more than just football, right, or something yeah, like that. He yeah. said. And I have no idea what's going to happen with that one, good or bad or in the middle, you know. But the the bottom line is when I heard it, now I'm taking that information and I'm like, okay, well, well, let's see how it plays out. There's a challenge that's put out in front of them, but we've seen challenges with other guys. We saw it with Tommy Hill. Um, we saw it, um, you know, Anthony Grant didn't end up playing here uh, very much last season, um, but he was a guy who was um, challenged in different ways and he was still around and all those things and, Josh Fleeks and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, just because a guy pops up in a, a tough love way now doesn't mean it's the end of their story. And I think if you go back to his track record, your what you were saying there, Damon, and you look at guys he had at Temple and maybe a few at Baylor, but especially Temple, there were players he can point to and say, "I had a situation with this guy, and it was rough. Like he had a tough deal and um, tough family background or whatever. And he had, he had to go for a bit and then he came back and had success. And I know he had multiple cases like that where there were success stories. And so guys on this team, I think know that he has that in his background. And there is a thought like, like you say, if you think a guy's for you, you might not like what the person says for a day. You might, uh, stew about it for a week. Right. Um, but, but like if your family, sometimes uh, I'll get something, I've had something said to me and you don't like it for a week or so. And then you're like, yeah, they're probably, they're freaking right. You know? So like, um, cause you know that they want what's best for you. So that, that's huge. Uh, BC, that's really good stuff today. We appreciate it. Probably gonna, gonna, always gonna bottle this one. Yeah, I have a feeling we're gonna come back to some of those things uh, on the in the next segment. But uh, really appreciate your time, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Appreciate it, BC. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Man, there's a lot of stuff in there that I'm gonna want to get to in the next segment because one thing that that BC said that I think that we need to to claw at a little bit more is. There has to, 
I think it's not even just, hey, yeah, I, I think about it for a week, and then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, you're probably right. You have to ha- trust someone so much that even if you don't think they're right, you still believe they have your best interest in mind. That's the that's like the that's ultimate. Where, yes, that's where it goes from like, hey, good level of trust to we're in a special place. Hey, I I know you thought 218 was a good weight. I need you back down to 208, 209. I said, well, you told me to get bigger. Yeah. No, you, I don't like you there. Let's get back. And you're like, even okay. when you think they're wrong, like, do oh, you still oh, trust oh, them? Okay. <laughs> That's where it gets interesting. We've got more Hurt Out Sports Radio coming up next. Hail Varsity Radio, every weekday afternoon from 4 to 6 p.m. On Thursday, show from counterread.com, Brandon Vogel, former Colorado football head coach Gary Barnett, and staff writer for The Athletic, Mitch Sherman, that and more. Hale Varsity Radio is the best sports talk radio show around. Chris Schmidt and Elijah Herbal have you covered every weekday, 4 to 6 p.m. with Hale Varsity Radio.